0: When childlike faith is activated in the life of the born again, then John 11:25 and 26 is true. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? When childlike faith is activated in the life of the born again, then Revelation 21, 1 through 5 is true. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I saw, and I, John, excuse me, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. When childlike faith is activated in the life of the born again, then Revelation 22, 1 through 5 is true. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb in the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads, and there shall be no night there. And they need no candle, neither light of the sun. For the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Dear visitor, have you yet to be born again? As Jesus declares in John 3, 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Born again means just what it says. Born a second time this time of the Spirit of God. God has dealt you a measure of faith to believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ. You now hold that seed of faith in your own hand, and you must decide whether or not to activate it. In just a moment, I will invite you to follow me in a simple prompt, and if you do, everything changes for you today. Today, all your sin and its shame will be washed away by Christ's cleansing blood, Today, all of Satan's bondages in your life will be broken absolutely the bigger the better. Today, you will be born again. Here is the simple prompt I promised. Follow my instructions now. Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Now, for today's subject, God said, Romans 12, verse 2, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God said, Second Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. God said, Luke chapter 1, verse 28, And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Man said, Who needs God in his old Bible? Our great universities have all the answers, and our phones confirm them. It's true. We don't know where we came from, why we're here, or where we're going, but we're going anyway. The wisdom is just so brilliant. Now the record. Welcome to God Said, Man Said, Feature 1201. Each feature certifies that God is and that He is a reward of those who diligently seek Him. Hebrews 11.6 All of these faith-building features are archived here in text and streaming audio for your edification and to be used in your pursuit of the lost souls of the sons and daughters of Adam. Every Thursday Eve, God willing, they grow by one. Thank you for visiting. May God's face shine upon you and your home. The ever-expanding revelation of God's truth requires that I say, I'm knowing that, and not the revelation-ending statement, I know all about that. The truth I presently know is not threatened, but only advanced. For example, the revelation that the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses from all sin is surely solid holy writ. But in the first feature of this series, we plumbed the mystery that was kept secret from the beginning of the world of why and how the law of sin and death could only be satisfied by the born-again experience. That's the greatest miracle a man or woman can know. I don't know all about born-again. I am knowing it. In feature two, The Virgin Birth, we discussed how the God of the Bible is not capricious. Everything he does has a purpose and place designed to reach a predicted outcome. In this feature, we examine various ramifications of Sister Mary and the miraculous virgin birth of Jesus Christ, the Son of David, and the only begotten Son of God. Luke chapter 1, 26-35 And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth Thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. When a man and a woman come together and create a child, each parent contributes 23 chromosomes that will build new life in the mother's womb. Chromosomes contain heredity. Part of the principle of the sins of the father play out in an individual's heredity. Exodus 34, 7, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, and that will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children unto the third and to the fourth generation. Feature 2 highlighted the deleterious epigenetic tags passed on in the procreation process via male sperm and its coupling with the genetic history of the mother. The negative epigenetic tags of the sinful father were not inherited by Jesus Christ. His male chromosomes were contributed by the Holy Ghost, just like Adam's, which means these chromosomes were free of carnal history. Nearly 800 years prior to Christ's birth, the prophet Isaiah prophesied of a virgin giving birth. Isaiah seven fourteen, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Feature 2 also discusses Noah, who rode out the world-ending flood along with his family in the ark, and how God used Noah to usher in the new beginning. There were nine generations from Adam to Noah, whom Genesis 6, 9 records as perfect in his generation. Noah was free from the lineage of Cain and the fallen sons of Adam as recorded in Genesis chapter 6. Last week, we also looked at Mary's 23 chromosomes and pointed out that she was 62 generations from Adam. Mary was also handpicked by God to bear the king of glory in her womb. It is important to keep in mind that God's mysterious plan of salvation was put in play from the foundation of the world, and the Virgin Mary was pivotal to this plan. Consider again the words that the angel Gabriel uses when speaking to Mary. Thou art highly favored. Blessed art thou among women, and thou hast found favor with God. Sister Mary and her 23 chromosomes were handpicked by God himself. Jesus Christ is the Passover lamb that delivers from Satan's bondages. 1 Corinthians 5, 7 calls Jesus Christ our Passover. John the Baptist sees Jesus and proclaims in John 1, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Of the Passover lamb, Moses writes in Exodus twelve five, Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. ye shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. Now, First Peter, chapter one, eighteen through twenty. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifested in these last times for you. Jesus Christ was the perfect sacrifice from His mother's womb even written in the redemption plan from the foundation of the world. And finally, in last week's feature, we discovered that the child of God begins the process of a mind and even brain renewal right from the very moment of born again. God calls it transformed. Romans twelve two and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Transformed means to change form, which neuroscience knows today as neuroplasticity. At born again, we begin to put on the mind of Christ, and that mind carries only the good epigenetic tags of God the Father. We are not hooked to carnal heredity anymore. Everything changes at born again. Jesus did not inherit the much degraded 23 chromosomes of an earthly father. The needed male chromosomes were supplied by the Holy Ghost, God's quickening spirit. And these chromosomes, coupled with the highly favored chromosomes of the Virgin Mary, the resultant offspring would be marvelous indeed. This week, the revelation of the mystery kept secret since the world began. Romans 16, 25, it expands. This feature deals with mutations. The following excerpts were published by the Cleveland Clinic under the headline that asks, What are genetic disorders? Genetic disorders occur when a mutation, a harmful change to a gene, also known as a pathogenic variant, affects your genes or when you have the wrong amount of genetic material. Genes are made of DNA, which contain instructions for cell functioning and the characteristics that make you unique. You receive half your genes from each biological parent and may inherit a gene within the DNA mutation. This can raise your risk of having a genetic disorder. Some cause symptoms at birth while others develop over time. Genetic disorders can be chromosomal. This type affects the structures that hold your genes' DNA within each cell, chromosomes. With these conditions, people are missing or have duplicated chromosome material. Complex, multifactorial, these disorders stem from a combination of gene mutations and other factors. They include chemical exposure, diet, certain medications, and tobacco and or alcohol use. Third, single gene or monogenic, this group of conditions occur from a single gene mutation. Experts claim genetic disorders list into the thousands, but some well-known ones include Down syndrome, Kleinfelder syndrome, late-onset Alzheimer's disease, arthritis, autism spectrum disorder, cancer, coronary artery disease, diabetes, migraine headaches, spina bifida, isolated congenital heart defects, cystic fibrosis, sickle cell disease, Tay-Sachs disease, and of quote. The following excerpts are from the God Said, Man Said feature. The Six Thousands, Part 4, Adam and Eve found. They are young. The headline of the article published by NIA NIH Gov and recently brought to the attention of God said man said by a servant of the Lord reads life expectancy of the human race. Most of the feature follows. Scientists are now asking a more strategic question. What is the life expectancy of the human race given the negative cumulative impact of mutations, replications, errors? This is a reasonable question because mutations replication errors are accumulating in the human population as a whole and are then being passed from one generation to the next. How many generations of humans can be produced before the collective human genome wears out? The answer to answer this uh, vital strategic question, a team of geneticists has compared DNA sequences and succeeding generations of Icelanders. These genetics found that children in Iceland have an average of 63.2 mutations replications errors that are de novo. De novo means neither possessed or, nor transmitted by the biological parents. Mutation expert Alexei Kondrashov uh, reviewed this Icelandic study and agreed with the findings of the authors. He also suggests that the accumulation of mutations, replication errors, and the human population is causing an increase in genetic disorders such as colored blindness and schizophrenia and autism. Uh, Kondrasov writes, plainly, human DNA sequence quality is relentlessly worsening. Based on the Icelandic study, if we assume the first generation of humanity had no or zero errors in their DNA... Then, on average, the members of the second generation would have about 60 mutations replication errors in their DNA. And members of the 200th human generation, about 4,000 years later, would have an average of 12,000 mutations replication errors in their DNA. Members of the human race now average about 18,000 mutations replication errors in their DNA. It is estimated that when members of the human race reach an average of 21,000 mutations, replication errors in their DNA, the human race will be at critical mass and will no longer be able to procreate, reproduce at survival levels and will quickly go extinct, End of quote. Harmful mutations and replication errors are occurring at a rate of 3,000 per 1,000 years. When the number reaches 21,000, which the writer calls critical mass, Life as we know it is over. Stem to stern, mankind will have existed for 7,000 years. If so, and if many evangelical Christians are reading the Scriptures correctly, the return of Jesus Christ in the clouds to receive His church unto Himself is very close, and shortly after follows the battle of Armageddon. After Armageddon, Jesus sets up His thousand-year reign upon the earth, and shortly after that, the end of all time occurs— 6,000 plus 1,000 equals 7,000. Is science once again uh, knocking at the door? End of quote. God Said Man Said published the following paragraphs in the feature, Adam and Eve, Mutations and Devolution. Now consider this headline from the May 2013 issue of Acts and Facts. Headline reads, Is Mankind Getting Dumber? Several paragraphs written by science writer Brian Thomas follow. Do today's children have lower IQs than yesterday's? Yes, according to measurements of intellectual and emotional strength gathered from different countries and contexts, the results show the same basic decline. And resist the notion that public or other forms of education are to blame. Are to blame excuse me, could the cause instead lie within? Stanford University professor Gerald Crabtree thinks so. He published a pair of essays in the journal Trends in Genetics, citing new discoveries that show why the human intellect is surprisingly fragile. This biblical creation-friendly notion didn't sit well with the authors of a rebuttal paper who countered that the human intellect is robust. What lies at the heart of this disagreement? Bad science or bad assumption? Crabtree identified two fundamental processes as the main culprits. First, human intelligence uses neurons, and these cells can only function properly if their genes stay in top shape. Second, these genes are susceptible to degradation. This loss of organization occurs continually as mutations slowly, irreversibly garble genes, and the resulting errors pile up and are not corrected. Each new generation accrues about 60 new mutations to the gene-coding DNA regions of the human genome. Crabtree applied this rate to calculate that every 20 to 50 generations, we should sustain a mutation in one copy of one of our many ID genes. As a result, in the past 3,000 years, then, each of us should have accumulated, at the very least, 2.5 to 6 mutations in ID genes, accordingly, The human intellect perhaps reached a peak 2,000 to 6,000 years ago. This appears to confirm three lessons that can be drawn from the Bible. First, Adam and Eve's brains were originally very good. Second, we had our best brains about 6,000 years ago. Third, humanity has suffered genetic degradation since then under the curse. Both Crabtree and his detractors tried to extrapolate some set of numbers to make conclusions about the observable past. The rebuttal authors who resist the genetic decay principle handpicked numbers that support evolutionary history. Crabtree instead used numbers collected from real world studies. All those studies present an ever clearer case for a human race that was very good at the start but is steadily falling apart. End of quote. Again from Thomas in an April 2016 feature from Acts and Facts titled, Does Modern Genetics Confirm a Historical Atom? Several uh, studies reveal genetic clocks that confirm the Bible's timeline of a recent creation. Every creation, sperm and egg cells incorporate over 100 DNA copying, copying errors. These errors or mutations gradually build up. This means you have at least 100 more mutations than your parents, 200 more than your grandparents, 300 more than your great-grandparents, etc. Wind back the mutation clock far enough, and we arrive at Adam and Eve, whose DNA was created error-free. At this rate, humanity wouldn't last for even a thousand generations, end of quotes. Jesus Christ was without blemish. He did not inherit the deadly mutations of a fallen father. He was virgin-born. Jesus Christ did, however, inherit 23 chromosomes from his mother Mary, whom, as the angel Gabriel said, was highly favored, blessed among women, and has found favor with God. We can all only speculate on the condition of Sister Mary's chromosomes, but we can be confident that they were very possibly, or better said likely, perfect in their generations." In other words, Jesus Christ did not inherit deadly mutations from Mary either. This mighty Christ, the Savior of all who will call upon his name, entered this world in a very similar way to the Adam of Genesis. When the genealogy recorded in Luke 3.38 arrives at the world's first man, it reads, Adam, which was the son of God. 1 Corinthians 15, 45, and so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul, and the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Next week, we go deeper into this aspect of this mystery. This is a marvelous understanding. But what about us? We have inherited a big bag of trouble from our fallen fathers and mothers. But this knowledge only magnifies the magnificence of what Jesus calls born again. We have not been left without a solution. No, surely not. Instead, we have been given power to become sons and daughters of God. John 1, 10 through 13. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. The transformative power of the born-again experience is truly past fully finding out. I don't know all about born-again. I am knowing it. This revelation is an ever-expanding revelation of an infinite nature. Born-again begins with a new father and the beginning of a brand-new me, and it all certainly happens at a molecular level. The amazing transformative power extends to rewriting epigenetic tags and miraculously addressing issues like mutations. Take heart, child of God, in these glorious, life-empowering verses. Ephesians 2.1, And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins. Romans 12.2, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Second Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. 1 Peter two twenty four and 25. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed for ye were as sheep going astray but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls jesus christ is the lord of glory god said romans 12:2 and be not conformed to this world but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of god god said second corinthians 5:17 therefore if any man be in christ he is a new creature old things are passed away Behold all things are become new. God said Luke verse 1 uh, chapter 1 excuse me verse 28 and the angel came in unto her and said hail thou art highly favored the lord is with thee blessed art thou among women. Man said who needs god in his old bible our great universities have all the answers and our phones confirm them it's true we don't know where we came from why we're here or where we're going but we're going anyway the wisdom is just so brilliant Now you have the record.